Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. (laughs) Keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast, new and improved. Nothing really has changed. I'm still here, still in my studio, just have a new set of headphones. We've got some new cover art and it is a new year and I'm just really excited to dive back into the podcast, taking a majority of December off and just reevaluating a million things that I wanted in my life and for the show and how I wanted to keep moving forward with the podcast. So I appreciate all of your time and your flexibility and all your lovely DMs and text messages. For those of you who are so used to tuning in on a Tuesday morning, I appreciate you all so much. Welcome back. So it's a new year. It's new goals. It's new things to celebrate and be thankful of. The cover art, let's start with that. I did a beautiful photo shoot. I want to say it was in the summertime with Tori Raddick. She's incredible. She's a local photographer here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. She also is one of my fellow lovely, wonderful friends and clients that comes to I Am Limitless, which is where I teach power yoga and aerial yoga in Lancaster as well. If you're someone who would like to sign up for that, if you live in Lancaster, I do teach Tuesdays and Thursdays, 8.15 to 9.15 in the morning and on Saturdays, most Saturdays, unless I have a dance competition, I will also teach the aerial class, which begins at 10 a.m. So always keep a lookout for I Am Limitless. Those are my scheduled times. That doesn't mean things change or I'm out of town or something that has to do with work that I have to get a sub. But if you are interested, please let me know. Shoot me a DM. But Tori, this amazing, wonderful woman, um, also is a wedding photographer. She also does photography for families, for newborns, all these wonderful things. She's brilliant. She really encapsulated exactly what I wanted my new cover art to look like. I mean, yes, I brought all the pink. Yes, I brought all the props. But like she understood my vision very quickly on that photo shoot was literally an hour. And we got so many shots. It was so hard to choose. I don't even know as I'm recording this, which one's going to be the cover art. So I hope you did your uh, duty and jumped online. I know a lot of people asked me about the cover art, um, shot me some messages or DM'd me or anything like that to basically say, hey, you know, I love the idea of everything that you're putting together and I can't wait to see it. So I'm I'm just glad that those photos are out there and I'll be sprinkling in a majority of those photos because again, it was such a fabulous shoot. So no matter what the cover art ends up being, there were so many other good pictures. I want to sprinkle them in and showcase those to throughout my Instagram. 
I think some of the episodes I know I will be focusing on recording and some of them I won't. I'm going to see how that goes. Last time around, I didn't think many people like to watch it on YouTube. It had very little, little turnout, but I think having a little clips to promote a new episode launching, I think is something that I do need to focus on a little bit more to get new audience members to the show and kind of understand what we're really doing here on The Luxury of Self-Care. I did cut it down as well. The title now is just Luxury of Self-Care. It just seemed like Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, they're telling him just get rid of the, the, you know, just go with luxury of self-care. And I think everybody else will understand that the, the is implemented and podcast is implemented at the end. So we're just going with that. And lastly, I do want to give a well-deserved credit that I did give many, many times in the past, but it's now going to be in my show credits. Um, the cover art is always going to be in there listed that Tori Raddick did those photos, but also my opening. My opening was done wonderfully for me from a friend way back when the podcast first began because I was just using music that I found online and a friend of a friend put together this music for me. He pr produced it for me. And I'm very grateful that he did that. And I just wanted to make sure that he got that recognition, even though I know I've said it so many times when it first came out, I never had it in the credit. So I do want to give uh, credit to that and honor to that. And if you're ever looking for something for the podcast, you should really look him up. And that is Ryan Blyhoved. His last name is spelled B-L-I-H-O-V-D-E. And his Instagram is his first and last name. So R-Y-A-N-B-L-I-H-O-V-D-E, Ryan Blyhoved. I've always said his last name wrong, so I do apologize if I'm pronouncing it wrong now. But he did. He was the person who put that together, and I just wanted to give him another call out since we're 200 episodes in. It's episode 200. And with episode 200, what are we going to focus on? You guessed it. It's a new year, so new goals. We're just going to talk about a lot of those new goals. We're going to talk about learning from the past. We're going to talk about ways to prep for the future and really just understanding things that I'm doing this January that I'm going to share with you and whether you want to jump into them or not, one of them being sober January or no drink January or dry January, however you want to coin it, is something that I am doing this year. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that I'm doing to make sure that is successful for myself this year. So tune in, gear up. I will also do a brief meditation at the end of this episode because I do know that everybody loves that. And I'm just going to sprinkle that in for this episode because it's something that I know a lot of you enjoy and is something that's more of a bonus versus a consistent way of putting together the show. The biggest thing more than anything is sometimes I love to sit down and just talk on that microphone, but more than anything, I think it's just really making sure that in the beginning of the episode, you know everything that's coming up in the show within that first 10 minutes. So you know where we're headed, you know what's going to be happening today, and you can kind of understand as you're either doing your laundry or relaxing or taking a bath or listening to me on the road, you know what's to ex be expected as the episode goes on. So I love you all. Again, thank you so much for tuning into the show, to the podcast, being supportive, being patient with me as I kind of took some time to just decompress and understand why I was still doing the show and what I still wanted to bring to the table. 
And I also have so many new um, episodes with guests. I have like five of them already lined up and they'll be sprinkled in again. There's going to be no rhyme or reason when, um, but I probably won't do guest episodes back to back because I do like to have that recap with a solo episode. It takes time for me, but it also is nice to just kind of let those thoughts also come into fruition instead of just be focused on a guest. So those are all the exciting things coming up and let's just dive right in. We're in 2024. Here we go. So this is something that I addressed on my Instagram just yesterday, and it's something that I think is very important to really think about. And I was talking a lot about New Year's, so we all have that idea that we're making a vision board or we're manifesting. I've talked about this so many times. I'm not really a vision board person, but I do know that sometimes seeing those visualizations and understanding what a vision board truly is for is to get you amped up about the things that you could be accomplishing. And that's why I think they're so important. I like to journal about some of the things that I'd like to set goals for myself, or I like to do a lot of small goals. I also have a little wish box. So I'll put in like big things like, Um, financial stability, or I'll be making this much money by the end of this year, or we'll be pregnant by the end of this year, or we're going to have a second car. You know, these were all things that I put in the box in the past. And then it's nice because at the end of the year, I get to go back and reflect on that box and see the things that I accomplished or the things that I'm still working on. Now, a vision board can be like that too. Sometimes it can be a vision for this year. It could be a long-term goal vision. Like maybe you have a mansion on that house or you have, you know, like sometimes I'm like 200 um, listens per episode for the podcast and I've definitely hit that mark, but it's also like consistently. (laughs) So sometimes if you don't write it down specifically exactly like as is, it's funny how sometimes those wishes will come to fruition, but not exactly the way that I thought I would see them. But getting a second car was huge for us. I remember this time last year, um, we had just gotten our second car and Doug and I, for the longest time, were just, you know, sharing that car with my job being boots on the ground and on the road and him being off at three o'clock, which was just not an ideal time to pick him up, but we did it and I still was successful with my job. But when we got that second car, how much less stressful life was. So that was like a big win for us last January. So sometimes I had those little small goals. Also, as many of you know, Something for me that I really, you know, was hoping for last year was to be pregnant, to have a child. And unfortunately, we did not have that child. And um, I had retained product of conception, which is, you know, an episode you can go back and listen on. But we we had some complications and it was very long and drawn out. Uh, follow me on TikTok too. I definitely shared more than I should have probably on my TikTok as well. But It's just something that sometimes you put those things out there and they don't necessarily go the way that you want them to, but you can learn from. So what I'm taking in this year is to really learn from some of those things and to listen more. That's something that I feel like I'm always trying to tell myself to do, but even when I want to jump in or I want to defend myself or I want to prove myself, I jump in and start speaking right away, especially to those who I feel have power over me or are um, more of power in in a conversation and instead sitting back and really listening and taking things in sometimes and just letting someone else speak instead of trying to speak over them might teach them to either speak less or to understand that you trust yourself or you're not affected by things that they say. So it can come in so many different waves, but listening and sitting back a little bit more is something that I know that I'm very much working on this time of year. 
But one of the biggest things for us and goals that I usually have have to do with security. And that's because I am a cancer. So through and through, I'm always thinking about security chakra in my sacrum. And I talk about that. And it's hard for me to do a chakra balancing because that's the one you start with. And that's the most difficult one for me. But over time, I become more and more secure. Secure with myself. Secure with what I have to offer. Secure with what I have. Secure with where I'm going. And because of that, it's because I have a wonderful partner who reminds me of it or tells me to slow down. But on the other end, it's because I'm starting to do something a little bit differently this year. And Doug and I don't do this the best, but one of the things that we don't really do is financially plan things. So we may say, I get overwhelmed by all the things that need to be done in our house. All the rooms that need to be done, how much it's going to cost, how old the house is, the lead paint that we're dealing with, you know, timelines of like not wanting to be here for 10 years and, you know, make this place good enough to either rent, sell, and move on or, you know... I, I'm ready to do the next step, but I need, want to enjoy it while I am here. Like I wouldn't want five years to live in what feels like chaos and then, you know, finally get everything done and then leave it. That doesn't seem exciting to me. One of the biggest things that used to frustrate me was like my dad's house now I think looks incredible and he finally got everything he wanted and it took time and that's okay that things take time, but it took so much time and some of that time didn't need to take so long if he wouldn't have been as particular. And I am a very particular person as well, but I don't want to be so anal that things don't get done at all. So with that, we're trying to sit down, set some goals, and actualize what we can do in order to make those goals come to fruition. Meaning, actualize how much is this going to financially cost, how much time is it going to take, and how can we put it into that so then that way we are able to make it happen? So for me, a lot of things is everybody says do one room at a time. Well, you're overwhelmed in a home and you're like, I can't really do one room at a time. Or sometimes the flooring is only so many and you need to buy all 200 planks now for you know that come in a pack of 10 because that's the only way you're going to be able to get the same consistency throughout the whole house or, or whatever the case may be. We run into these bumps and these roadblocks. I do find myself being someone who, as Chelsea always puts, blows my wad. And I really do. I, I get to these points where I like get so stingy with my money and then all of a sudden like I go on Amazon and I'll go on comments or, you know, I used to go on Sheen, which I don't go on anymore. Or I would go on to these like trendy websites that like the clothes don't seem like they're that expensive. Or I like go deep dive into like getting a bunch of boots and I'll spend way more money than I should. And then I spend the rest of the next two or three months making up for that and keeping a tight leash on myself and then doing it all over again. Well, I don't want to do that anymore. And I really want to learn how to financially plan a little better because we do. We own a home. We're trying to grow our family. We are, um, you know, we we're, we need to set these goals. We need to set these boundaries. And I think I do enjoy spending money, but I'd rather spend it on my space than on, you know, clothes for myself. So I always said my spare money, my fun money, my money for like massages or my money for manicures or pedicures – and my hair, which can be costly, comes from me teaching 
classes. So almost all that money goes directly to those things throughout the year. The dance competitions is a little extra cash, and that usually goes to my little small trips, or that money goes towards um, my little fun, yeah, my little fun small trips pretty much more than anything. So that's how those things usually get paid for. That's like the extra eight to 10 grand a year. And this isn't going to be a whole financial podcast. And I don't say this to stress anyone out. I'm just telling you that for me, money equals security. And this is how I plan for things. So that I always kind of had in that like grouping. But other than that, I would just spend money. And it was like, I made sure my credit card was paid off. And if it went too high, I really cut back and didn't spend money and made sure that my credit card was paid off because that's very important. But now noticing like I'm making more money with this job, I don't want to spend that money frivolously and just throw it wherever to trendy fashion things or things that I definitely like and want and enjoy but don't need, whereas I do want to invest it in our home. So Doug and I are going to talk about each thing and we were finally able to do one of the rooms because, you know, we did the paint, we did the this and it was um, right before New Year's and I looked at him and I was like, what is holding us back? We literally have the planks for the room, that whole room, pretty much everything's ready to be set up. Like what is holding us back? And he said one specific tool. And I said, great, how much does it cost? And we literally went and we picked it up that day. And I was like, and we started it and we finished it the day after that. And it was, it was wonderful. It was so nice to finally complete something now we just have small little touches and and the furnishing we want to do in my new beautiful office space that eventually Doug and I will share which he's not very thrilled about but I said this will be my space to be in during the day and then your space to be in during the evening and it'll just keep me from not just being on the couch on my admin days but this is going to help us because not only are we manifesting what we want in the house, which is a vision board or journaling about it or writing it in your little wish box, but we're actualizing it by really talking about how much does something cost and how can we together as a team produce that, whether it's me making more money or him making more money, it doesn't matter, but how can we make sure that these rooms get done in a timely manner? Again, making choices and just trusting those choices that I'm making, which I'm finally doing as well with everything as far as the kitchen. And we're excited to finally get that ball rolling and like not have a hole in my kitchen floor anymore. So I really, really am seeing this year be a year of um, joy and accomplishment. And I'm really putting that energy out there and I'm, I'm going after joy. I'm not going after happiness. I've talked about that before. I don't want to go after happiness because happiness comes and goes even if you're living a joyful life. I'm, I'm literally striving for the joy this year and I'm striving for the accomplishment. So I'm going to manifest and think about the things that I want, but I'm not going to get overwhelmed by all the things that I want. In addition, I'm going to be able to actualize it by putting together some financial planning. And again, you know, neither of us are advisors, neither of us went to school for finance, neither of us, you know, had a lot of money, especially in our 20s and early 30s. So not saying that we have a lot of money now because we're honestly just, you know, doing okay as how I at least put it for now. I think we're doing okay. We're not doing great. There's definitely room for improvement, but we're not not able to do anything. And then also to be grateful, like on the other end, on the other spectrum with my job, a lot of the times you see me going out, that has nothing to do with us spending our own money. That's literally all my work money. 
So I'm always going out because I'm making sure I'm in the face of my buyers, my clients, and I'm in the restaurants and I'm buying drinks for other people as well as just myself and friends. So that's always fun. We love, we love little happy hours and stuff like that. But that is like such a nice perk to the job and to really enjoy that perk, especially without us having kids right now, to be able to enjoy going out um, not on our own dime is really nice. And then we also really loved the little small trips last year. As most of you know, we never took a honeymoon. Uh, I don't even know if we're really going to get a chance to do that or if we're ever going to call a specific trip our honeymoon. But I am more interested in the little small trips and being able to do those. I think honeymooning back in the day were for people who didn't get the opportunity to really travel that much. And I've been very fortunate with my family and Doug was really fortunate with all of his years on the cruise ship. So for us, it was for us in our situation, it was just more important to be investing money into like our marriage life and what we wanted that to look like. So this year, most of my goals, most of my manifestation and actualization comes truly and solely from things that I want to do with the home. And I'm really, really focusing on that so I can enjoy it because I am here a lot. I am a homebody at heart, even though it seems like I'm out all the time. I definitely enjoy my alone time. And I also want to learn from my past. So again, going back to that listening I really want to take the time, and you may be just like this too, what I went through with my retained product of conception was really hard for me and really traumatic. Um, I am reading a book right now called Expecting Better. I forget what the author's name is, but um, – it's wonderful because she's a data queen like I am, and I, I like the black and white. I was always good at math, even though I'm very artistic. I loved the math. So I was like, if if you tell me this, this, and this are the stats, and that's what I'm going to go with, and I, I need numbers and I need stats in order to know if something's going to work. But I also like to challenge things, break them down, and then rebuild them. So I'm also a lot of a creator. And then a lot of um, my success in my, my career is from creating and from – relationship building. So I'm a big connector. But it was really hard for me and traumatizing for me for that. And I got a chance to talk to one of my girlfriends the other day. And she said something to me that didn't resonate right in the moment she said it. But shortly after I got off the phone with her, it really resonated that she said, it sucks that you never really got an opportunity to enjoy the innocence of just being pregnant and the joy of that because no matter what, moving forward, I'm always going to be living in fear that it's not going to work out versus that it's going to work out. And I never really got that first pregnancy thing. And if you're someone who went through miscarriages or pregnancy difficulties or had a really long pregnancy journey, you probably are on that path with me and you kind of understand. And not to say that I'm angry or bitter, but I feel a little robbed. I, I feel a little robbed of the fact that I never got a chance to have that precious moment um, or I will never again. The next time I pee on a stick and I see those two lines, I'm immediately just going to think, is this real? Um, which I'm sure a lot of people think anyway before their first appointment. But with the way that that first appointment went so many, you know, weeks later, it was almost a whole month later, which as anyone knows in their first trimester, four weeks is a long time. And just, it's just such a waiting game. And there really are one in four miscarriages. And there are so many different ways of 
miscarrying, which is wild. So that was a lot for me in the sense of, you know, this long drawn out thing of thinking we were pregnant on Christmas Eve of 2022 and then finding out um, at the end of the month in January of 2023 that there was no baby, there was no sack, um, and to later find out it was retained product of conception, to then take misoprostol so many, you know, weeks later hoping that I finally was going to have a natural miscarriage, which never happened, and misoprostol, which is the pill to have a miscarriage, also didn't work. And most of you know this already. And then also to have you know, then finally a DNC and they had to mix that with a DNE because of the fact that, um, you know, the DNC itself just wasn't enough and they really wanted to make sure my uterus was cleared out to make space in my womb for, you know, an eventual pregnancy. But Doug and I, you know, started trying again. That happened at the end of April and we started trying again in July or August, I want to say. And, you know, it's still it's still a journey, but I want to listen from that and and to let go of that anger now and kind of move on and be carefully or cautiously optimistic about what could be next time around. I think some women, as as I was, are so naive and they really think that first year um, or the when you first try to start getting pregnant that it's going to be so easy, but the window is just so odd. Um, if anyone out there doesn't have kids yet and you're thinking about anything, this is my personal opinion and you can take it or leave it with a grain of salt. If you think you know you have your partner, if you think you know them, um, or you have been off birth control for a while, don't go on it again. <laughs> I, that's my personal opinion. I don't think, I think that when we're young, we are a lot more fertile. And I think that the doctors of those of us who are late 80s babies or early 90s babies, you know, true millennials, we're just told to go on birth control because that's what all doctors kind of told us to do. You have acne, go on birth control. Your hormones are out of control, go on birth control. You still don't have your period, go on birth control. That's what happened to me. And I had been on and off of birth control for a bit and then I ended up getting an IUD that I had for about five or six years and then got it replaced and had it in for another four years and finally had gotten that removed. I was selfish um, because I was so used to having, I was so, I was so used to being intimate with my partner that I didn't want to risk taking the IUD out and gaining weight before my wedding. I didn't want to risk my hormones getting unbalanced and having a bunch of acne before my wedding. I was afraid of getting pregnant before the wedding and the judgment that that would bring. I I was truly just selfish. And my husband, even my husband now, when we were just dating, we were in New York, when the day I got my IUD replaced was not a good day either. It was the end of, I think it was the end of 2019. And I was getting it replaced in like December, I think. Um, and you know, I passed out from getting it replaced. And even then he was like, I feel like you should just get it out and get your body used to, um, used to just like being normal again. And to me, I really thought that that meant like being normal. I really thought meant, um, you know, we're going to get pregnant. Like I'm going to be screwed. My parents are going to think so poorly of me. The society is going to think we're horrible. And so many people 
had beautiful, they probably have less judgmental families, maybe they don't, but had such beautiful moments in their, in the COVID times that they either had to push their wedding off, but didn't want to push off having kids or had kids. And then that led to a wedding and they have beautiful relationships with their spouses and their new, and their newborns. But like, that was a time that really changed that idea and that mindset of like, prior to marriage not to have children. My husband comes from a pretty religious family too as well. So I know that that was something like, you know, that seemed important to them, you know, not having, uh, but also like we got married at 30, I was 34 and he was 33. Like not to say we were old, but I mean, we, (laughs) we, we weren't children, right? So I think that idea needs to leave your mind if you are someone like me and you were selfish in that way, I do urge you to really reconsider. Um, I think if you find your partner, if you think that's going to be the person that you're going to marry or not, I think we hit a certain point. I think once you're in your 30s, this is just me, again, my personal opinion. I think once you're in your 30s, 30 to 35, like to be able to get off birth control and to get back into like whatever regular looks like for you and to start to track your ovulation, I think will make it easier once you begin to try to start having kids. And maybe you won't have to take like a year and a half to three years to really figure out how um, and go through some trials and tribulations or traumatic events or however they tend to affect you. And some people are very strong and resilient. And I applaud you for that because I I wasn't. I wasn't resilient um, coming back from what happened to me. I wasn't like, I'm ready, like, let's go. When we finally were ready, let's go again, I was doing ovulation test strips, which I highly recommend. Some are very expensive. The ones on Amazon, I don't think are that inexpensive. I think it's totally worth it to pee in a cup every morning, put that little stick in there and to follow your ovulation track and just understand it. I also thought that you ovulated and it was important to have sex like that day or the next day. It's more important to have sex prior to ovulation, I'm learning now. So like those couple days before. So again, like this is not meant to be a whole podcast episode that's about getting pregnant, but you know, these are some things that I learned throughout that time. And I really didn't get back into a regular cycle a while after my DNC and my DNE and um, at the end of April, it really took some time for everything to kind of work properly again. You know, sometimes I had a 45-day cycle. Sometimes I had a, you know, 30, 32-day cycle. That was kind of the average. I'm not really a 28-day cycle person, which also means on that 14th day is not my ovulation day as it is for most women. So just understanding your body and knowing the data I think was super important to me. And that's why I'm really enjoying the book Expecting Better because it's making me truly understand like this data-driven woman who's very much like me being like, I just want to know the numbers. I want to understand and I want to know what I can and what I can't do and why and how. So if you're trying to conceive or maybe you're getting back into a relationship, my personal opinion is if you haven't been on birth control, just stay off birth control. We're adults now. The the times are lower. I would even say track your ovulation to avoid getting pregnant um, as well even. You can even check with that. Again, I think that's a lot more doable and to keep your body more off these extra hormones that we don't really need. And then that percentage too when we're younger is so much higher to get pregnant versus the percentage later in time. So 
That being said, all of that also leads me into my next thing that's happening right now is sober January, dry January, no drink January. Again, however you prefer to coin it. I do work with a brand. I'm not going to mention it because this podcast, I don't want to be owned by the company I work for, (laughs) but um, I do work with a non-alcoholic spirit that I really do love. Feel free to DM me. I'd be happy to tell you what it is that I make a lot of cocktails with. You may even know just from following me on social media, on my work Instagram. Um, But knowing that I'm able to really play with like those cocktails during this time and suggest a lot of things to my buyers. I'm playing with a lot of different shrubs, a lot of different bitters. Um, So you're making all these different types of mocktails and mocktails are huge. You know, I didn't even think about this because we talked about it in one of our trainings for this brand that I, you know, work with. And it was something wild. I forget the actual statistic, but about 20 to 20, like I think it's like 20% of the population is gluten-free and we really do pertain to that, you know, even when it comes down to like a conference or a meeting or, you know, an all-inclusive resort or a cruise ship, like they're asking you, are you gluten-free? Like what are even your your waiter or waitress is saying like, what are your dietary restrictions? So we really pertain to that, but we kind of forget that 30 to 35% of people are sober and sober is trending with the millennials, um, not millennials, millennials, we love to drink, but <laughs> sober is definitely trending with the Gen Z, uh, generation. And it's, it's really interesting. It's super interesting to see, but they still are very interested into going to bars and having extensive cocktails, but just ones that are non-alcoholic. So because they're non-alcoholic, a lot of these opportunities kind of arose for me. And I thought, Hey, not only is this going to help me with my job this year, but also, It's going to put me a little bit more in the driver's seat of being able to suggest things to buyers when they buy my product um, and really have an idea of like what what is a good mocktail, what makes a good mocktail, and like what I can suggest and bring to the table because I love to drink, I love cocktails, and I never really take time to not enjoy them. So this is like a nice time for me to kind of jump on a train and look for something else. In addition, sometimes mocktails are great because you're out with your friends and everyone's like, let's get one more round and you know you've hit your limit. You can have the mocktail option if it's on the menu and still feel like you're enjoying yourself. One of the hardest challenges for me this time of year is willpower. So January, if you're doing it, if you're with me, it is. It's really, really hard to do no drinking, especially when I work with a bunch of people that do drink. Um, And my job kind of has to do with drinking. So that being said, I am very much in this world of a lot of events this first month of the new year and going to be the sober one at these events, even with my coworkers and kind of how do I approach that? Well, for me, I personally get jazzed if I can go through a whole evening and keep saying no and not letting people kind of like get in my way and get home that night or wherever I am, you know, the hotel room and be able to say like, you did that. Like you were able to make it through the whole night without falling into peer pressure Because we still have peer pressure, even as adults. I don't care what anybody says. We're peer pressured all the time. It doesn't end in high school. We all know this. So it's a way for me to get back in check with my goals, what I vision for the year, and slow down after heavily drinking from December. Also, this may be super intimidating for people. So if you're someone that doesn't know if you can commit or you've maybe already fallen off the wagon, 
you can pick yourself back up and start again and start again at a new mark and end at a new mark. Another thing I've suggested to some people that have been asking me about it is I said, you know, my father does this. I think it's brilliant. He'll do it where he only drinks on the weekends, which he considers Friday the weekend. So basically only Monday through Thursday you're not drinking. And it kind of just gets you off that wean of like two glasses of wine a night or making a cocktail at night or having a cocktail when you're out. I think that that's kind of a really good way to maybe ease yourself into just trying to cut out some of the intake of alcohol that you do in your diet. I think another great suggestion that my father also does is, actually, no, this is mine. I did this. Um, It was that I only drank when I was out. Now, when I lived in New York City, that didn't really help because I was out all the time and my job as well, you know, that's not really going to help this time around because not having it at home is helpful. So I know a lot of us, For me, like, I really love not having alcohol at home um, or, like, having snacks at home because if I don't have snacks at home, then I'm not snacking. Or if I don't have treats at home, I'm not, you know, snacking on treats. So you can do the same with alcohol. Maybe you don't have alcohol at home or you, you know, lock it up in a cabinet somewhere. Um, But it's all about control. So too much of anything is not good, even if it's too much of carrot juice. Um, Too much Tylenol is not good. You know, too much alcohol is not good. But um, it it just gives you some time to kind of reset your priorities and see how much you need as you slowly start to introduce it back into your body in February. I also know some people that like have too many events in January. They they can't do it in January, but they think February is an easier time to do it because it's less days by like three. So, you know, like I know a lot of people that do it for February, but it's just something that I feel like it puts me back in the control seat and the driver's seat of what I want to do. And I used to do it all the time in the past few years. I definitely have neglected uh, doing it. So I'm kind of excited. It's what day are we on? Well, this is going to be launched on the 9th, but I've successfully had eight days so far. And, you know, it's something that I'm still out. I'm still with my friends. I'm still doing mocktails. I'm still enjoying myself. I'm still having things in a fancy glass. And I don't feel like I'm not a part of the party. I just don't have the hangover at the end. And I'm sure plenty of you have had plenty of pregnant friends in the past that it's easy to just, you know, you're like, okay, they're doing their thing. And they, they always feel so much better, but they're still out at events too. And there's also so many non-alcoholic options out there now too. Not only are there wonderful wines, there's so many different like non-alcoholic spirits to choose from. There's so many mocktails with different things that you're not just drinking like a sugary drink of juice. I really love bitters and shrubs. That's like my biggest bitters, shrubs, and club sodas. And then I like the alcoholic brand that we, the non-alcoholic brand we work with. Um, but bitter shrubs and like, cause you can play with all the different types of bitters. You can play with all the different types of shrubs, even some really fun, like syrups, like there's like ginger, simple syrup or pomegranate, simple syrup. You know, you can play with all these things and you can mock out specific cocktails that you're interested in, but you can also just enjoy it. I think ice is a huge thing as well. I like, um, I love those big cubes and being able to put stuff in different ways. So a lot of the non-alcoholic beverages usually are over ice, but if you can find a way to do that in a wine glass and have like crushed ice in there, the little tiny snow globe ice, I think the wine glass and the stem makes it feel more like an actual cocktail versus like having it in a Collins glass and a straw, which I 
do have often, but I, I personally at home prefer like a massive wine glass with like ice in it or really cool big cubes that I've, you know, put in like oranges or I've put in um, different berries and stuff like that. Just really make it look fun and don't, don't hold back on your amazing garnishes, like all the freaking garnishes all the time. Like make it look as beautiful as possible, just like delicious food, like preparing it out, making it look beautiful is great. Lastly, the reason I did it, I think it's a good health thing. Also, like if we are trying to get pregnant, I think it's super helpful to like just clean up your act a little bit, just a bit. I'm not saying it's a requirement, but for me, I kind of just got to a point where I was like, I want to clean it up a little bit. I kind of want to detox a bit and I want to kind of stay focused on what goals we do have for 2024 and, and hopefully, you know, be able to conceive within this year. So that is why I'm doing it. Um, if you're with me, great. Yay, we're together. And you can DM me when you're having a troublesome day. I'm happy to DM you back. Um, if you're like, you do you and I'll do me, I'm proud of you too and you keep doing you. But whatever you choose for your journey, just know that it's your new year. It's your chance to do whatever you want to do this year and or to keep everything that you're already doing and just keep rocking and rolling through the year. 2023, like I said, was not a great year for me. Um, a lot of things got put on hold because of everything that happened with my fertility. Um, and a lot of doubt happened with that. A lot of stress on our marriage happened with that. A lot of frustration on my end. A lot of um, honed in controlling focus on trying to like understand when I'm ovulating. So I'm trying to just be light and free a little bit more this year. I'm trying to focus a little bit more on just enjoying all the things that the year can bring and what I really have to prioritize. What are my real priorities? Not being overwhelmed from all the things you want to accomplish in your lifetime, but like what do I want to focus on this month and this year? Reading a little bit more. I'm starting that book. I love it. Again, expecting better. I keep forgetting what the author is. You know what? I'm going to look it up. Who's the author of Expecting Better? Let's see. I'm going to find it for us all because – I feel bad that I don't know. And my girlfriend, Jenna, actually suggested it to me. Um, expecting better book. The author is Emily Oster. It's beautiful. It's such a great book. Emily Oster. This is not a promo for her or anything like that, but I really like the book. Even if you're not pregnant, which I'm not, go ahead and listen to it. I think you would love it. So anyway, we've reached that point. I do want to say thank you again for listening to the show, again, being patient with me, and let's dive into the new year and focusing on creating our life story, and our meditation for today is all about that. So if you would like to find yourself in somewhat of a comfortable position for you to relax and prepare yourself for a little meditation, or put this on pause and listen to your next amazing episode because you're you know on the go right now and you want to come back to it later please come back to it and let us start to settle down and hone in and focus on our breath I want us to start with a new breath in this moment inhaling through our nose and letting it release out our mouth. Coming in to 2024 
with the mindset of feeling weightless. Breathe again, inhale. And exhale. It's a new year, which can lead to a lot of new pressures. Sometimes those pressures are good pressures, and sometimes those pressures put more pressure on something that should be exciting. We don't need to control the year. We don't need to have it all figured out. We just need to look at it as a blank canvas. We need to look at it as a blank slate, as a white sheet of paper in front of us that we're able to paint a beautiful painting, a beautiful portrait, a beautiful picture of we, what we want our life to look like this year. How will that look for you? All depends on what you decide to draw. Come back to that breath, breathe in through the nose. And let go of 2023 with your exhale. <sighs> Let's do that again two more times. Inhale in 2024. Exhale out 2023. <sighs> Last time, breathe in. And let go. Creating our own life story is about learning from our past. Creating our own life story is about living in the present. And creating your own life story is about creating your future. We're really gonna hone in on that word create. Each of us has the power to create and design our own lives as we wish. When we discover our purpose and live our lives with intent for that purpose, we find that joy, that true fulfillment. We're able to go after the joy that we've talked about so many times before. We're able to grasp onto that joy and not just go after happiness, but go after that joy and find that true fulfillment that we're searching for as we approach this new year. No matter what happens to us, we always have a choice to think and act as we wish. You're in control to think and act as we wish, not to react responding in a negative way to something that has probed you, but to think, pause, and act as we wish. That is what we are truly in control of. In any situation, it's not the circumstance that defines us, but our mindset towards that situation. So when bad things come in, we have to reframe that mindset to make it a situation that can be a positive or be a learning lesson. So the next time we run into that scenario, we can approach it in a different manner. Failures are not something that pull us down, but help teach us for the next time we come upon that same scenario.
take another deep breath in and release. We can choose and need to choose to look at challenges and obstacles, not as negatives. We could also choose to reframe them and allow them to become that learning opportunity from which we grow. A big part of creating our life story is learning to calm the fluctuations of the mind by taking time to do these meditations, by taking time to indulge in a yoga class, by slowing down and journaling, finding those moments to reset and calm the mind when it starts to spiral. Take another deep breath in and an exhale out. (sighs) We can also use our mental energy to focus on the things that will move us towards the ideal lives we want to live in 2024. Focus on that energy. Gravitate towards that energy and grasp that energy. The energy you want to feel once you've already accomplished these goals that you're setting out for 2024. The energy of what your life will look like differently once you accomplish those goals. But mostly about how you're going to feel once you've accomplished set goals. That's what's going to help move you towards it. The manifestation, the actualization, moving towards your finish line that you've created for yourself. And to let go of the things that no longer serve us this year. Let go of the things that brought in the negativity of 2023. Making space for these new feelings or new goals and positivity for 2024. Take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale it out. (sighs) Make that space. Breathe in through your nose and exhale out. (sighs) One more deep breath in through your nose. Exhale, release. (sighs) Let the weight lift off your shoulders from 2023. Walk into these lessons learned with a new approach, a new mindset. As you're creating your life story for 2024 and manifesting it with either journaling or a vision board or any type of visual manifestation through any type of meditation, I want you to think that when you are writing your life story, that you're not going to allow anybody else to hold the pen. One final inhale with me. And one final exhale. Coming back into the space. That is our episode for today. We're back. We're booming. 
in this new year with the new podcast, with the new cover art, with all the fun things. So I'm so excited to be here. I hope you're excited to be here as well. And I will see you all next Tuesday. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the Universal film Anastasia. Or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.